Pacino with Constable Brian. My guest today is a police officer who, when I started researching this, uh, you know that you are held in high esteem uh, when your workmates look at it and go, are you serious? Has she seriously done that? Uh, she's been a Himalayan mountain climber. She's a freediver. She's a lifeguard in her spare time. I'm surprised you have any, to be fair. Uh, a cyclist. She's an academic. She has a Bachelor of Policing, a law degree, a Master in Strategic Studies. She's also represented New Zealand in bobsledding. She's New Zealand's first female PTI at the Royal New Zealand Police College. She's been a criminal investigator, she's been a prosecutor, she's been a district prosecutions manager, she's been an area prevention manager, a policing development manager, a youth and communities manager, an area commander. She's currently uh, the district commander of the Watamata district. She's been an advisor to the commissioner and she's also a self-confessed introvert. Uh, despite the fact that she's actually the star of the latest police recruiting video. If you watch it, she's the person at the beginning with the huge press conference starting off. Uh, she's also won gold in the 1997 Supercop Australian Comps and she won a gold medal in the World Police and Fire Games for Cycling in 1999. So my great pleasure and privilege oh. to introduce, and it's a very big salam alaikum, to uh, Superintendent Nyla Hassan. So welcome to the Cappuccino. Um, I normally do a pop quiz round uh, dedicated to what I think is one of the best police movies of all time, Speed. Um, <laughs> so this is what I'm going to ask you. I just uh, Some random icebreaker questions. What's your best Scar story? Oh, jeez. Um... My best scar story. Uh, I'd have to say um, being at Piha um, in an IRB and being flipped by about a oh, four metre wave, um, fracturing uh, a bone in my back uh, and not being able to breathe. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, that's a story of survival. Yeah, as is, and you'll soon find out with this interview. Uh, there's nothing this lady does that's halfway, to be fair. Um, the best cop movie of all time is? Chips. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good work, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, what will the title of your autobiography be? Speed. Nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the book that you're currently reading now? Uh, what got you here today won't take you through to tomorrow. Hmm, okay. If you didn't have to sleep, and I know that district commanders, it's a valuable commodity to them, but if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the spare time? Training. Beautiful. And what's your biggest regret in life so far? Uh, failing, and I still call it failing, to um, represent New Zealand at the Winter Olympics. Um, qualified, but uh, New Zealand Olympic Committee... Uh, didn't agree with me going. All right. Uh, and the one that the Waikato staff said that I had to ask you was, on a scale of one to ten, rate your ability to shear a sheep. <laughs> it's got to be one, right. and that's only because the sheep wasn't a real sheep. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. I, that's what we said. Yeah, there's got to be something. So, what did you do before you joined the police? Oh wow. Um, so all I wanted to do was join the police. Mm -hmm. So for me it was um, what I need to do uh, to make sure that I get in the police. So went along to recruiting and they said get some life experience. Because um, I've always been pretty active. I worked as a postie and a full-time lifeguard. Uh, and then applied and they said, oh, when I was due to apply, 
um, about a year before uh, because I was too young they said go and get a life experience so went overseas for six months hated every single minute of it but wouldn't let myself come back until I was there for exactly six months nice what uh, I've read in your interviews that like you've just said that you wanted to be a police officer since you were a teenager what was the spark for you? For me, it was seeing Eric Estrada at a school and realising, wow, this guy's got some amazing magnetic personality and everybody likes him because he's a cop, so that was me. But what was your spark to become a police officer? I think it was just um, it sort of... I've, I've got quite a uh, competitive nature, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so something about just being thrown curveballs all day, every day and having to solve problem-solve... Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been really sort of focused on community and sort of being a little bit of the, uh, I don't know if saviour or hero is the word, but, you know, um, it sounds corny wanting to help, but, you know, it, it is very much that, just wanting to be that person that makes a difference to others, and that's why I guess I started lifeguarding and doing what I did out at, uh, out at Piha. I concur. Um, fitness has been a massive part of your life. Yeah, Were you sure super is. sporty at school or not? Were you sort of the athlete of the year at your high school and everything else? Or I think I was trier of the year. So for me, um, yeah, I had a go at everything. I played uh, cricket, I played touch, I played... Um, I used to swim competitively, uh, did gymnastics. So I think because I was always sporty, my parents were sporty, um, played tennis as well. So, yeah, I guess um, just had a go at everything. And bobsleighing driving is obviously <laughs> a big part of your life and your finances from what I read as well for a wee while, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and apparently at one stage, the end of your ice award, you had a note on your fridge, I believe it was, that said, sleep for the Olympics, wake for the Olympics, breathe, eat and train for the Olympics. You even sold your $25,000 BMW, is that correct so far? Yeah, 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 and got a mortgage. Yeah. What's the one thing that that entire bobsledding episode taught you? you think uh yeah it's um there is one thing and and i think that is how to control your mind in order to achieve performance and it's quite ironic now that we have the police high performance framework Mm -hmm. that focuses around mindset um because that's what bobsledding was it was um you know you sprint as hard and as fast as you can and you are so hyped up before you take off from the top of the track and yet uh, within a moment of a second you have to calm your mind and calm your heavy breathing um, down to making minute um, movements with your hands and able to be able to control a bobsled at 120k an hour. And I believe that you were going to take up rowing. We've actually got a mutual friend, uh, may you rest in peace, Mr Phil Stubbs. Oh, right? mate Stubbsy, Phil, yeah. 20 years was his, um, last month was yeah. his uh, anniversary. And I'll never forget the sight of seeing him walking through Papakura Station with a ring cushion after he'd finished the Atlantic <laughs> race. Anyway, uh, before you get shoulder tapped for bobsledding, right, I've got to ask you a question. How do you get shoulder tapped for bobsledding? Uh, what is it? Is there a prerequisite? You've got to watch like Cool Runnings 15 million times <laughs> or not? And when you decided that you were going to do it, how much do you hate that movie? Because I'm guessing that's what everybody thinks it's all about, yeah. it, don't they? So the shoulder tapping, I had a sponsor. I was sponsored by Power Bar, uh, and I was doing those sort of that toughest competitor alive type of event, which isn't multi-sport, it's multi-event. Mm-hmm. You know, it's doing that wearing flak jackets and obstacle courses and pushing tyres and... Um, 
uh, all that sort of stuff. So um, I was asked, I was doing well in that, um, uh, in the sort of competitive arena, and, and I guess I was seen as an all-round lunatic. So um, I got asked if I'd trial out for it, so I did, um, and succeeded, and, and that was the beginning of the journey. In terms of uh, cool runnings, I just love, I, I really do love that movie because... Um, that's how we started we were number eight wire we knew nothing um you know i had to find a brakeman right from day one and i actually tapped on the shoulder of a really neat mate of mine tony carroll who actually is a cop um down in christchurch believe it or not um and we sort of started together the first season but it was real number eight wire uh, mm-hmm. Just like the movie called Running, so you just don't know anything, and you off you go over to Innsbruck uh, in Austria, and um, you you know you basically start sliding. There's no halfway, you know, um, to do it. You basically just get into it and have a go. Give it a crack. So I also read that you said I don't think there's a single time that I've crashed and I haven't cried. Yeah, and absolutely. all my friends say that I'm a perfectionist. Have you mellowed with age? Uh, when it comes to your physical endeavours or not? Um, I've mellowed with age uh, in terms of uh, competitiveness, definitely. Um, That's as much because of leadership. Mm -hmm. So uh, in sport, I really had to because as you, I think you get to a point where um, you can't keep competing at that level. And and in fact... um, I went uh, to have a, a checkup on my heart about five years ago, um, and really the cardiologist said to me, "When are you going to slow down?" And in fact, that was 2012 because I was still racing uh, in elite cycling. Um, so he said, "At some stage, you actually have to you have to slow down and ask yourself why you're doing this." So I guess that was the start. Not that there was anything uh, wrong with me, but the question was asked, and and I guess that made me realise. Um, uh, yeah, that I had to. Um, I've always refused to go into age group competition, so I thought it's either I compete at the highest level for as long as I can, or I don't compete at all, and that's really what I've gone to. So now I'm I'm really enjoying just living life and and having a bit of fun, but keeping fit. Ironically, the things that make you a really really good athlete, um, the poker face, so that's that mindset stuff. Um, not showing uh, your emotions or vulnerabilities, um, the competitiveness uh, and the perfectionism, those things that make you a really good athlete are so inhibiting for people that work for you as a leader. So it was really uh, quite difficult to uh, make a shift to be a leader that focuses on everyone else except yourself uh, and focus on the people because leadership is about all the people around you it's not about you anymore mm. um so yeah so that was quite uh quite a shift for me you're obviously like a very very driven person uh the question that we sometimes ask ourselves in the police is what's the why behind your drive if i said to you what's the why behind nyla hassan's drive what would you say it is i never ever want to regret anything so i will never regret the journey i've had um and I just want to have a crack at everything I can. Yeah. And you've stated that the greatest challenge in policing is being different, thinking different, but feeling like everybody else. And you used your training, actually, to get out of things, didn't you, when you were on section, and to avoid not drinking when the police had a drinking culture, which, thank goodness, is now long gone. 
was that difficult as a new cop and then when you started proceeding up the ranks as well as a leader so that you didn't have that like um that team unity yeah i think um it is different um difficult as being a team member and trying to be like everyone else and just trying to fit in and not be different uh but knowing actually inside your heart you are you are very different Mm -hmm. um and i'm talking about um being a muslim uh, so you just don't want people to know because you don't want people to judge you being different. Um, I guess the, and I hid that for a long, long time. And I think, in fact, I know what um, made my shift. And it was quite a, a significant moment when now Deputy Commissioner Mike Clement um, said to me when I was working for him in district in 20, uh, I'm thinking about 2013, he said to me, uh, they I was asked to go and speak on diversity and and um, I ref- oh no it was a they wanted to celebrate my uh, promotion to being an inspector um, MPs did and I said no and uh, the deputy commissioner asked me what it was that um, I didn't want to why I didn't want to do that and I and I sort of said you know it's my own private thing and he said you've got to realise you are now a leader in the New Zealand police and as a result you need to you need to demonstrate that. So uh, it's not about you as an individual anymore. It's about you as a leader in the New Zealand Police. And I think that was probably the defining moment, along with a couple of other moments, uh, that made me make that shift. Just like a true detective, you just answered my next question. So well done. Um, <laughs> so I'm proud to say we're very diverse in the New Zealand Police now, and we're far more accepting. Can you tell us some of the ways that you used to disguise the fact that you were Muslim to some of the people on your on your section or your workmates? Have you got any like funny tales to tell um, where you've sort of tried to disguise it and hide it, or were they, were they all pretty good and it was always like I'm off cycling somewhere and they uh, just left you alone? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was just because there weren't very many females um, uh, on section. It was very. It was a little bit easier to be be different in, yep. um, in some respects so yeah I didn't find it particularly challenging in that respect this whole thing hasn't been me not talking about it hasn't been about the New Zealand police it's been about me as an mm-hmm. individual and I try and uh, you know and I try and make that really clear that it's not that New Zealand police has suppressed me from from saying who I am or, or talking about um, how important um being a Muslim is, it's about me as an individual wanting to just hide that and put it in a box uh, as a separate, complete separate part of my life. Can you remember your first day on the job and where you were stationed? Uh, My first day on the job, yep, was at uh, Auckland Central Um, and I was, yeah, that's where I was was stationed and I can remember um, my first day actually then, it was straight out on the beat, you didn't get straight Mm -hmm. into a police car, so... Um, you're out on the beat. Did you have anything exciting happen on your first day? No, no, I can't remember. Oh, that's good. That's a first. Uh, what's your best policing story from your career? As we say in the trade, your best war story. Yeah, look, um, Jeepers, that's a toughie. Uh, Jeez, you know what, there's been so many, it's hard to sort of pick one particular story that stands out. You have said before that you're an introvert and that you hate posing for the camera, Um, like I said, despite being the star of the new recruiting advert, yeah, Uh, and you 
how do you find the attention now over, um, first of all, the fact that you are one of New Zealand's most highest ranking Muslim officers, as well as your new role as district commander? Because you've kind of got to be a figurehead, haven't you, to be a DC? Yeah. Um, it's, I, th- I think you, being an introvert, um, uh, just means that you have to work harder at some things. Mm-hmm. So um, when there's a lot of people around, you just have to work harder and you are far more exhausted at the end of the day, I think, than an extrovert. So, you know, my preference would always be, um, you know, my natural preferences, one-on-one, small groups, um, and having time alone. Um, but having said that, my job uh, now is... Uh, and I love working with people. I think um, the difference is I get home at the end of the day and I'm just exhausted and I like quiet time. Um, but during the day, I love my job. I love um, connecting with not only our people internally in the New Zealand Police but externally with the community. And I get, um, I actually get a lot of energy from that. But when I finish my day, um, you know, I am. Uh, I just feel exhausted, and, and I I like to reset um, before the next day. And collapse. And I know for a fact, if you go and have a look on the New Zealand Police's website, the uh, 75 years of women in policing, you'll see one of Nyla's favourite things to do is actually get behind the wheel of a police car and just go cruising for a couple of hours. So that's yeah. always a great thing. It's always good to see the bosses out and about. Yeah. So your father, Nasser, was that, have I got his name right? Nasser. Nasser was a Pakistani Muslim and your mum, Josephine, was a British woman uh, when they both met at university. And it's quite clear that you come from a very, very close family. Um, what was, and I asked this question for potential recruits, what was your dad's reaction when you said to him, I want to join the police because most dads, oh, not my daughter. Yeah, yeah. I think dad, um, dad always uh, supported me. It didn't matter what I wanted to do. He brought us up um, uh, here in New Zealand, despite um, you know him being a Muslim. Uh, he realised that when you go to a different country, you lead a different life. Mm. So, um, didn't matter what I wanted to do. He was just always so supportive. Um, so quite ironic that he always wanted me to have a law degree uh, and, uh, and I don't know what it is about that so I actually started my law degree, I did the first first few papers uh, the year my dad passed away and then I canned it straight after that because I asked myself why was I doing it so um, you know some 15 years later I went back and started and finished my law degree um, unfortunately dad wasn't around at the time I finished um, uh, but Regardless, uh, yeah, he just wanted us to do what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and your family arrived in 1972? Yep. To New Zealand, just yeah. like mine. Um, what was that like? Because you were five, six, seven when you came out? Yeah, uh, yeah, almost five. Can you remember what it was like coming out from England to come to New Zealand and the culture shock or anything else, or you didn't? Oh, not a lot, no. Yeah. I don't really uh, remember a whole lot. I can sort of, I suppose, uh, the photos I see jog memories of places I lived and yep. things I did but um, you know I just remember my childhood as being uh, being in a really supportive loving family um, my parents were both fantastic parents and just bringing us up taking us on holiday in the caravan every year was probably one of the highlights of every single year yeah and your father had a fairly famous friend it would be fair to say as well <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. And in England yeah and I also saw that when he came out over here he uh, 
came and said hello to you as well. Um, and Muhammad Ali, what was what was Ali like? Oh, he's just incredible. Just yeah. uh, he treated us kids like we were his kids. He just is forever hugging you and talking to you and um, he's just an incredibly generous man with his time and with his energy so he connected with dad he stood up for what was right um, being a Muslim if you mm-hmm. remember yeah. uh, and um, there were consequences for that and uh, that dad was a little bit the same because he kind of eloped from Pakistan um, he didn't tell his parents uh, when he was um, seeing mum and so he eloped and got married to mum in London so I guess some of those things that really connected um, you know standing up for what you thought was the right thing to do so um, yeah Muhammad Ali is just uh, just the most incredible man yeah um, and he once pulled me out of uh, a sticky situation in Harlem as well because I'm actually a massive Muhammad Ali fan and I actually spoke to a gentleman on the corner of Harlem who's trying to sell me some Malcolm X stuff uh, and I said actually I've read it all and he said what do you mean I said I've read all the prophets uh, stuff and he said really and I said yeah I'm a massive Muhammad Ali fan so I said I know about the Honourable Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X and everybody and he was just like wow what country are you from so wow yeah uh, you said in one of your videos mindset and attitude is going to get you somewhere which is spoken like a real PTI, I've got to be honest, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I do have to be honest, I was warned at police college when I went down. <laughs> if you get uh, staff Hassan, be very careful, be super polite, and do exactly what she tells you because she's a great driver with the exact word. So what was it like being New Zealand's first female PTI at police college? Uh, it was tough. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, it was real tough, I think. Um I'm not sure that uh, that there was a whole lot of support for a woman to go in there. I got the job and, and I think there was a number of people that weren't particularly happy that um, their world of um, dominated by men uh, now had a woman there. So, yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah. Um, and strangely now, look at the way that our PTIs are, where we've got lots and lots of female PTIs, which is a great thing. Um, what does a day off for you look like? A day off, jeez. Yeah. I know you don't very often get them, but what's a day, lo- a day yeah. off for you look like? That's a uh, quite an ironic question because if you asked um, my partner Pete mm-hmm. um, about that, I can I can just see his response right now. He'd just be looking at you, shaking his head, uh, yeah. um, saying there is no day off. Um, so if I have a day off and the weather's good, uh, we're out. We've got a boat, so we get out um, free diving and spearfishing. Uh, or we're out cycling and we've got, um, we don't have kids, but we've got a couple of dogs and some sphinx cats, believe it or not. So uh, we go out, walk the dogs, um, and normally I catch up with my twin sister and, and her kids. Yep. Um, what defines leadership to you? What does it look like to you? If I said to you, uh, come along to one of my local schools and talk to a group of 12-year-old kids about what a leader looks like, what would you say to them? A leader cares about everyone around them. So a leader is people-focused. So for me, uh, everything is around looking after our people because if we get that right and we enable them to do their job, then uh, we will achieve um, what we need to as an organisation. So it's all about investing in our people. 
um, setting the the standards, setting the strategy or leading the strategy um, through enabling them to do what we need them to do. And you love to be out and about getting amongst it, so to speak. Uh, like I said before, you know, when you were down in the Waikato and you were the an area commander, even when you were the, I've heard stories of you being the acting district commander, still out and about, cruising about. Um, has your role as district commander hampered that for you now, or are you still no able to get out? No, yeah, I'm, uh, so um, my EA Pauline uh, is, uh, is <laughs> under strict instructions that um, I'm to set aside a day every couple of weeks where I'm on the road. Yeah. Um, so far, I've only been on uh, in the district for two months, but I, I've probably done at least uh, seven or eight trips up to Rodney during that time. Uh, and in fact, to give an example, this weekend uh, I'm heading up to Matakana. There's a festival, um, the Summer Classic, a big concert on. Mm-hmm. I'll be going to that on Saturday afternoon and spending a few hours on the streets. Um, on Saturday night back in Wairamata or back in uh, Waitakere after that and then Sunday's the big gay out so uh, I'm going along with the district commander of Auckland City uh, and representing the New Zealand police at the big gay out for awesome. a couple of couple of hours. Um, what advice would the Nyla of now give to the Nyla of 27 years ago before joining the police if she could sit down with her and say here's what I suggest you do? Um enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think the biggest thing for me is um, is I've always got a goal and sometimes I forget about uh, the journey so um, and that's probably a a massive regret of well I I don't know about regret or learning I've had in terms of sport it's about enjoying the journey and I think in policing um, I have done exactly that I've done everything I wanted to do um, and just enjoyed the journey along the way. So take opportunities when they come. Um, but if I look externally, focus on what is most important to our communities. Focus on, you know, we, we talk about outcomes now instead of results. So what are the things we want? What are the What is the right thing to do for our communities, for our victims? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think that and you live our values every day, um, you will be doing the best thing for the New Zealand police. And it's interesting how it still kind of all comes back to Robert Peel's principles of policing and the consent of the community, community's consent. Um, so the next question is, what is next for Nyla Hassan after she's done her district commander stint at Waitamata? And you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. Jeepers, look, that's um, that's that's really tricky question. Um, and the reason I say that is I never expected to be where I am today. Uh, and that's been a consequence of me just focusing on the job at hand that I have and um, ultimately uh, that's led me to my next step. So for me today it's about focusing on Wairamata, bringing uh, uh, the Nyla, the best of Nyla to work every day, being the best I can possibly be in terms of leading this district. If that then in years to come leads to another role, um, then so be it and that role uh, would from here could only really be an assistant commissioner's job mm-hmm. but um, I'm not so aspirational to do that um, that's not the end game the end game is being exceptional at being a district commander here and now today 
and over the next um, sort of three to five years, what comes of that is just a consequence. Yep. Um, what's your vision for the Waitemata Police? Because you're very goal focused uh, in everything that you do, it would be fair to say. Eh? Yep. Right. Um, what's your goal for the Waitemata Police? Um, that's a really interesting comment you just made about being goal focused. Um, yeah, so uh, if I was to it's funny a lot of people that describe me and I now describe myself very much as very purposeful um, and so if I was uh, thinking about a goal what do we want to be uh, in terms of um, if people looked back at uh, Wairamata in five or ten years what will they say will be the um, defining features and I think the goal is internal it's around the internal goal is around every one of our people living our values and being the absolute best they can be. Now what comes of that as a consequence um, will be that our communities are safer and that they feel safer. So uh, if we do the right thing, we will achieve the right outcomes. Yeah, I swear to goodness you're reading my questions, but you're not. Um, uh, 21st of September 2015, a Waikato Times reporter said that after spending time with you, it was obvious that integrity, diversity, empathy, and making sure those core values are at the heart of the New Zealand police were really, really important to you. And you said, integrity is in everything I do and all everything that my staff do as well. Do you want to elaborate on that, or does that say it all for you? Yeah, I, um, it does say it all, Brian. It's, um, you know, I, I think if you if you live and you lead with integrity, people have nothing to fear of you as a leader. Mm. Uh, People should know if they do the right thing, um, I will support them fully. Um, So yeah, I guess that's that's the heart of me. I'm not saying one of our values sits higher um, than the rest, but that's one I really focus on because if if every person thought about integrity, in taking the actions they take and thought about our values and living our values, then uh, we will be um, the safest country in the world. Mm. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's like I say to the recruits when I talk to them, sometimes I say to them, you have to remember that everybody you meet is somebody's son or daughter and you want to be that police officer that is talking to your own son and daughter and your, your actions should reflect that. That's what I believe anyway. Uh, final question. And um, we always do this at the end of this. So uh, the day of reckoning has come for Nola Hassan and you're lucky enough to still be sort of in the room listening to what people are saying about Nyla. <laughs> what would you like them to say about Nyla uh, when she's no longer here? Uh, that I cared about uh, our people in the New Zealand police. Perfect. So with that, we conclude the cappuccino. Uh, thank you very much for Super- Superintendent Nyla Hassan. It's time today. Uh, she's extremely busy, so we kind of got lucky with that one. Uh, I'll sign out like I normally do, saying, please take the time every now and then to smell the coffee, enjoy your time, and take a big breath. Until the next time, that's the cappuccino.